Wow Wow West. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. People who are eligible can start reserving their booster shots, which will be given as early as Thursday. The CE says she hopes to see a larger scale reopening of the border with the mainland in February of next year. And Hong Kong's top court has said the small house policy is constitutional in its entirety. Online bookings for the third dose of COVID vaccine have opened for the elderly and other priority groups. Eligible people can visit the government website and make a reservation to get their booster on Thursday at the earliest. The website requires users to declare which priority group they belong to before making an appointment at a community vaccination centre. University of Hong Kong epidemiologist Ben Cowling says it's a good thing Hong Kong residents will have a choice between the Sinovac and BioNTech jabs for their booster shot. I'm glad that in Hong Kong we do have a choice of vaccines. In most parts of the world it is not possible to have a choice, so people are free to make their own decisions. I think the evidence is clear that the protection provided by BioNTech is is stronger and lasts for longer. And that's why right now we're having the third dose only for people who receive the sign of at first. Uh, in due course, we'll probably have a round of fourth doses. And again, it may, people who've had the, it may be people who've had the sign of at before who need to queue up first for their fourth doses as well. Um, but uh, if, I, I'm OK with, with the idea that people can make their free choice of which vaccine they'd prefer to get. Alex Lam, the chair of Hong Kong Patients' Voices, says he hopes the booster programme will help protect the community when more people come to the SAR when the border reopens. Hoping that uh, the border will be reopened, that uh, the, this booster jab or um, the vaccination will be um, useful uh, for protection of uh, uh, our community and get ready for uh, reopening border that uh, People may be, uh, more people may be coming to Hong Kong or coming back to Hong Kong and we can do traveling more. Uh, this, this vaccination or first um, um, jab will, um, will make it um, possible and make it safe to do so. However, he questioned whether the boosters would serve any meaningful purpose as Hong Kong has recorded no local cases for months. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's hopeful Hong Kong can see what she called a larger scale border reopening with the mainland in February. She told a forum that would allow the SAR government to organise big events to mark the third anniversary of Beijing's development plan for the Greater Bay Area. The CE added that various sectors in Hong Kong are looking forward to travel to the mainland without having to quarantine. Mrs Lam said good progress had been made and she hopes there would be good news soon. Hong Kong's top court has upheld male indigenous villagers' exclusive right to build their homes under the small house policy, which dates back to 1972. Francis Sitt has the details. The policy allows for three-storey houses to be built on private land, while male villagers can also lease land from the government through private treaty grants or via land exchange agreements with the administration. A lower court had earlier said it's constitutional for villagers to build these houses on private land, but not to the extent of private treaty grants or land exchanges. The Court of Appeal overturned that ruling, a move the Court of Final Appeal has now ruled is correct. The judges said the small house policy is constitutional in its entirety and the so-called Ding rights fall within the traditional rights and interests of indigenous villages as listed under Article 40 of the Basic Law. They also dismissed the applicant's argument that the policy is discriminatory on the basis of social origin, birth or sex. The government welcomed the ruling and said it will continue with the policy. 
The authorities have said one of the buffaloes that knocked down three children in Puyo yesterday had not been sterilised. Responding to an RTHK query, a spokesman for the Agriculture, Fisheries and Conservation Department said it will try to catch and castrate the animal soon to lower its aggression towards other male buffaloes and lower the risk of hurting people. He added there are about 50 buffaloes in Puyo. However, Jean Leung, who chairs the South Lantau Buffalo Association, the South Lantau Buffalo Society says neutering the buffaloes would not solve the problem as their habitat is shrinking due to the construction of a sewage pumping station in Puyol. She says the one that's unsterilized is the king among buffaloes in that area, dubbed Big Eye Boy, and castrating it could lead to more buffalo scuffles. If no king, the little boy and another area grew up and then they will come back and fight the area for being a king. Everybody wants to be a king. And the main fighting will start in wetland. I explained to them, but they don't listen to me. What can I do? They must take big eye boy to descend. And I tell everybody, okay, I settle the thing. They want to settle the thing, cool the file, and I never care. She warned if the government only uses sterilization, there will be no more buffaloes left in Lantau in 15 years. The U.S. Special Envoy on Climate Change, John Kerry, has said richer nations will be able to deliver 100 billion U.S. dollars to help developing countries tackle the climate crisis by 2022. This is a year earlier than expected. Mr. Kerry also said he felt a new sense of urgency at COP26. Every COP I've been to in history has never had the feel of what I feel here in Glasgow today. New energy, new urgency a new sense of possibility. And we've never had as much corporate presence and commitment as we have today, my friends, thanks to you. So we're going to, uh, I believe, be able to raise ambition beyond anything that we imagined. Scientists have expressed optimism about lessening the potential temperature rise bolstered by pledges made at COP26 in Glasgow. The two reports, one by the International Energy Agency and the other by a team of Australian scientists, focused on optimistic scenarios where recent actions may have trimmed up to three-tenths of a degree of a Celsius from temperature increase projections made in mid-October. Johan Rockstrom is the director of the Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research. The difference between two days ago when we were still following a 2.7 degrees path and today when we're following a 1.9 degrees Celsius path is tremendous. I mean, India steps on board and, and uh, promises a net zero point by 2070. And it may sound uh, not so significant, but it tips the balance. It tips the balance completely and it shifts from a 2.7 journey to a 1.9 journey, 1.9 journey. However, both projections are far from the 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming that is the overarching goal of the 2015 Paris climate deal. About 84 million Americans who work at companies with 100 or more employees will need to be vaccinated against COVID-19 by January the 4th next year or get tested for the virus weekly. The new requirements are the Biden administration's boldest move yet to persuade reluctant Americans to finally get a vaccine that has been widely available for months. Stephanie Martz, general counsel for the National Retail Federation, says she's worried some people won't show up to work because of the new rules. We are suffering uh, under real workforce shortages. We are suffering under supply chain issues. 
some of which are in turn due to workforce shortages. And so I, I'm, I'm really concerned uh, about what's going to happen if uh, employees in even marginal percentages decide that they would rather not work than be subject to mandates like this one. Um, that doesn't at all reflect our industry's view of vaccines in general. It's just reflecting the reality of where we are right now in terms of trying to get employees uh, to come to work every day and help get us through the holiday season. The Ethiopian government has said it will continue its fight against Tigrayan rebel forces despite growing international calls for a ceasefire. A statement said Ethiopia was fighting an existential war and would not crumble under foreign propaganda. African nations, the European Union and the United States have reiterated calls for a truce and talks and an American special envoy is visiting Addis Ababa. The State Department spokesman Ned Price voiced Washington's apprehension. As that conflict has escalated, as it has spread from Tigray uh, in recent weeks, we remained gravely concerned by the expanding conflict, by the violence, uh, the expansion of the fighting throughout the country, and the growing risks that it poses to the unity, to the integrity of the Ethiopian state. Portugal's president has announced plans to dissolve parliament and call a snap election in January. It comes after the National Assembly rejected the government's budget for 2022 for the first time in more than 40 years. On television, President Marcelo Rebelo de Sousa said elections were the best option as the country emerged from the pandemic. I trust in your patriotism, in your democratic spirit, in your experience, in your common sense. As always in decisive moments, it is the Portuguese and only they who can best guarantee Portugal's future. The early elections come after a period of relative political stability under the socialist Prime Minister Antonio Costa. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,989. That's 245 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $69 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 113.65 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 15 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 50 cents. To sports and we start with football. West Ham United have progressed to the knockout stages in football's Europa League. A two-all draw at Genk was enough to see West Ham qualify from Group H with 10 points and two games to spare. David Moyes' team lost their third their perfect record after conceding a late own goal, but the manager is focusing on the positives. I look at it in another way. I look at it tonight where we've qualified. I think we're qualified tonight with, with 10 points, which... And the other part of it you've got to remember is we, we are still new to this and everybody thinks, you know, and we're, the people who see us regular know that we are making some changes to the team and the squad to try and make sure that we're keeping players fresh for Premier League games as well. So somewhere along the line it would get bumpy, it wouldn't always be smooth and uh, Genk, as we expected, made it very bumpy. It was a, it was a difficult night. Lyon were the first team to qualify for the last 32. The French side were 3-0 winners over Sparta Prague to make it four wins from four games. Leicester City still have work to do after being held one all at home by Spartak Moscow. There was victory for Antonio Conte in his first game in charge of Tottenham. Spurs were playing in the third-tier Europa Conference League against Vitesse Arnhem. Conte's team won 3-2 at home despite finishing with 10 men. The BBC's Jonathan Ledyard reports. 
Yes, he's a winner. Three goals to two. All the goals in the first half, all the red cards in the second period. Spurs hanging on. 3-0 up after 28 minutes. Son Mora and an own goal. Then they conceded two just before the break. Struggled badly in the second half. Romero sent off for a second yellow. Likewise, the Vitas captain, Daniel Doki, And then their goalkeeper for handball, Max Schubert. Much to do for Antonio Conte, but he knows that and he knew that. And they're going to suffer tomorrow, aren't they? And for the rest of time. Defending champions West Indies are out after losing to Sri Lanka by 21s in Abu Dhabi. Windy's captain Kieran Pollard says his team will need time to assess what went wrong. It was a heartbreaking, you know, sort of defeat. You know, guys are disappointed. You know, I am disappointed myself. So, you know, for us, I think we'll have that time where we'll sit and dissect and decide, you know, and come up with answers as to what went wrong. But in the moment, I think we are jotting down some points. You know, hopefully at the end of the um, the campaign when it's finally over. We'll be able to, you know, sort of give some information on what we think or what we thought might have gone wrong. But, you know, having said that, you know, as a team, we have been disappointed, we have been poor, and, you know, that's the reality, you know, of the situation. Australia boosted their hopes of qualifying for the semi-finals with an eight-wicket thrashing of Bangladesh in Dubai. Australia improved their net run rate to move above South Africa into second in the table. Moving on to basketball, the NBA has asked a law firm to investigate the Phoenix Suns after a published report detailed allegations that owner Robert Sava has had a history of racist, misogynistic and hostile incidents during his 17-year tenure in charge of the franchise. Head coach Monty Williams said the news was a lot to process. My reaction is it's a lot to process. Um, there's so many things there and it's... For me, it's still not clear as far as the facts are concerned. As, as someone who's a caretaker of the program, um, I find all of these things that are being said serious um, in nature. And, you know, these allegations are, you know, sensitive is, is an understatement. ESPN said it talked to dozens of current and former team employees for the story. Most of the allegations are from anonymous sources, but a few are on the record. In the report, Mr. Sava denied or disputed most of the allegations through his legal team. To the weather forecast, it will be rather warm with sunny periods in the afternoon, mainly cloudy tonight, moderate east to southeasterly winds. The outlook, it will continue to be warm over the weekend. Winds will strengthen from the north on Sunday night and it will become cooler on Monday. Dry in the following few days and it will be cool in the morning and at night. It's now 27 degrees with the humidity at 78%. To end the news, the top stories once again. People who are eligible can start reserving their booster shots, which will be given as early as Thursday. The CE says she hopes to see a larger scale reopening of the border with the mainland in February of next year. And Hong Kong's top court has said the small house policy is constitutional in its entirety. The news from RTHK. Get up in the mountains, if you 
go climbing on trees Oh, through every emotion When you know that they don't care Darling, that's when I'm with you Oh, I'll go with you anyway Get up in a jet plane or down in a submarine. If you get on to the next train to somewhere you've never been. If you wanna ride in a fast car and feel the wind in your hair, darling, just look beside you. Oh, I'll go with you anywhere. Oh, and I will be with you when the darkest winter comes. Oh, and I will be with you. Feel the California sun Oh, and I will be with you In the night time when it's true Oh, I'll go anywhere with you If you get up in the hillside If you ride out on the plains If you go digging up dirt If you go out dancing in the rain Go chasing in rainbows just to find the gold ain't there. Darling, just look behind you. Oh, I'll go with you anywhere. Oh, and I will be with you when the darkest winter comes. Oh, and I will be with you to feel the California sun. Oh, and I will be with you in the night sound when it's through. Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday afternoon. Friday the 5th of November is today's date. And today is the very day that the Hong Kong International Literary Festival will kick off. And on today's program, we'll actually be featuring several of the authors. To start the show, our Radio 3 intern, Abe Van Kitaraman, speaks with Professor of Politics John Keane from the University of Sydney and also award-winning journalist Dabashish Roy Chowdhury about their involvement with this year's Hong Kong uh, International Literary Festival and also their recently published book, To Kill a Democracy, India's Passage to Despotism. 
That's in about 10 minutes or so. If you're into some really intelligent debate, then this is the segment for you. And after the two o'clock news, Radio 3 producer Yuki Jung chats with author Stephen Lee.